G'day, welcome to the Deep Dive. Pete Anthonis alongside Shane Curlio, Jackson Oldham and Rob Scurry. Uh, it was a long weekend around the country, five days depending on if you're able to hop across borders like I was. So there's another one today, but we'll start off probably in the most logically way to present the weekend that was is to start on Friday, go from there. And the most important thing on Friday was clearly the AFL parade and watching one pile of garbage float down the Yarra. But that's enough about the Swans. Um, <laughs> did anyone actually see any of the, the grand final parade on the, on the Yarra? I mean, I'm talking to obviously just Jackson here because you were the only one in Melbourne, but did you pass a glimpse of what was happening? No, absolutely no idea. Um, I saw some of the, or, or I suppose you'd call it for want of a better word, highlights on uh, <laughs> and around the social media landscape. But yeah, didn't didn't look the most um, inviting place to be there on a Friday afternoon in Melbourne. I wouldn't no, say. Just you know, at least it did help. You know, the players not have to deal with giving away autographs or selfies or anything mm-hmm. like that. I mean, they they really must have just felt a little bit safer out in the middle of the era. Um, but Friday night was obviously headlined by the Moyer Stakes. Cooling Gatto has produced the biggest figure on the card, which. I, I'm not sure it necessarily says too much, to be fair. Um, overall, just an even tempo. Jay Cards managed to get the horse out of the gates, land on speed, and really from there it was just a car crash watching some of the horses behind. Uh, Jackson, you were on course. Tell us about Cool and Gather to start with and then how the race unfolded. Yeah, a car crash, pardon the pun, behind uh, Jamie in front. Yeah, uh, you know, I have absolutely no – well, I do know why this is one because it's lead um, and it's had a light weight and it's just kept running. But it just feels like another fake group one. We've had a couple now over the spring. Um, it's just just lead kept running. Ah, uh, used is too good. First, second, fourth. Of course, I've backed the one that's run fourth. That sounds about right. Uh, Palanipatina was huge. Palaley, very good. But, yeah, apart from that, it was just um, – I just kind of led and found their spots, and that's where they finished for the most part, which was what happened most of the night. Yeah, it really was. You, you mentioned, obviously, the Mar Eustace team. Well, they actually put their horses into the race. Uh, Rothfire yep. was blocked on the turn, never got a clear go at the straight, and then the rest of them behind were either never plain play. or never in it. Yeah, just completely out of play. It's, it's, it's anything anything behind six, you know, the, the, the back half of the field were just in a completely – Completely d- different race. Kels, we've spoken a lot about fake group ones over the years. Um, where does this rank on the calendar for your fake group ones? Would you give it a group one and a half? Would you say it's a group 2.1? Where are you putting it? Um, I, don't, I don't know, Peter. It's just like, it's just another race, isn't it? Like, really? Group ones, group one sprints at Mooney Valley. Um, over a thousand, it's sort of um, the way the track played. It was like just a bit of a home affair, and like not because of the quality of horses. I think it's just because the way the track played, and this horse like lobbed a length in front when the gates opened somehow, like yeah. literally just pinged. Um, and like it's a, it's the cult of Kieran Ma once again, just too good. Like the the um, the bookmakers. I use that as a very, very loose term when I say bookmakers. <laughs> We're laying this horse, um, mainly talking about Dicko, who's laid his seventh winner out of eight lays <laughs> on Twitter. Um, 
Yeah, it was just never getting beat, was it, from the from the moment the gates opened. I, I did watch racing.com um, coverage um, leading up to the start. Don't ask me how. <laughs> and uh, this is the one that Kieran labelled, like, tonight's it's night. And this was – and it was just too good. They're just too good. Jumps and, and jump. Once it led, it's, it was all over. Anyone other than Ollie, like, would have been more aggressive on Zoo style and yeah. had a – Test it? Like, he didn't even test it. 100%. It was weak as piss, I thought. But isn't that also just um, like, why would you put Ollie on a front runner anyway? Exactly. He's not the most it's a strange thing. I nearly asked Tony Gollum that yesterday, uh, Saturday, when I had my 18th beer. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, it was just a nothing. It was just sort of like, you know, too good the Colt because the horse that should have won ran second and it's trained by the same bloke, same team. It's just... Bella Nipotina was the biggest moral beat. And the last point, and let me get this off my chest, is that Jamie Carr was awarded the right of the night on racing.com for a win on Cool and Gatter. I'm, I'm sure they do it just to trigger me. <laughs> but I am grateful for the current landscape of racing media because it makes our job very easy, Peter. Yes. Yes. Particularly when I launched Curly TV. <laughs> give a contrarian look at racing analysis. Yeah, in which case, I can't wait for Gogglebox watching Curly TV. That's going to be I'm watching you watch over me. Exactly. Um, I think you're alluding to the fact that arguably the best ride of the night, well, not arguably, the best ride of the night was D-Lane on Daisies in the last in the stock stakes. And Jackson, you gave this horse a really good push in your mounting yard report. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. All of last prep when I, all of last prep when I, I saw her, um, which which was so I saw her for the in the wakefall and then the oaks and then a couple of times early early the next prep before she went off to Adelaide and she's just mad psycho toey, um, just like not what you'd expect for a, a two thousand meter horse and as. Just came into the yard at Mooney Valley, just walking perfectly, relaxed, alert and bright still, but just relaxed, relaxed and focused. Only reason I didn't have something on was because of the map, and I thought I was completely right at about the 600, the 400, and the 200. <laughs> and then it won. So well done, D-Lane. What a ride. What a win. And just looking at the punting form data, just Daisy's performance first up, minus 6.5 on there, all benchmark. Uh, minus 5.1 there on Friday night, uh, trending in a good direction, did run a bigger figure, a slightly bigger figure first up at Flemington last preparation, but those two figures are her second and third career peaks so far. So yeah. she does look on track to some of those better fillies and mares races. Yeah, under percent And off that parade, if she just sort of keeps improving up to 2,000 metres, I think she'll be competitive in anything she runs in later in the spring. Okay. Look, speaking of the punting form data, there was a couple of three-year-old races. We had the Aspect Kitchens Plate in the opener, um, which the overall winning figure from KGB Plane, I think it's fair to say, Queen of the Balls posted a good figure there or a decent figure in race two for the three-year-old fillies. And then you had the Stutt Stakes as well, which was won by Tijuana, which, again, look, the figure overall is solid, but coming off a fast tempo race, you'd probably expect to see a bigger winning figure in some of those big three-year-old features. Yeah, I understand. Tijuana, um, 
Mark Zara was Mark Zara was very very happy with the win when yeah. when they won. Gave a bit of a gave a bit of a fist pump and a salute, which I found interesting. As did I. Um, just perfect parade was what was it did, was just going to be winning out of the yard and just what it did. Um, an eye to the derby, the two you probably want to be following is Mara Massa, who just looked like was going to drop out on the turn, but savaged at the last 200 metres, and uh, the Liam Howley horse of, of Itria Circle. Those two found the line the best, and up in trip would be the two I'd be taking out of that race. Um, yeah, Queen of the Ball just controlled, strong last strong last 600 metres, bound for home, probably the horse you take out of that if you've got to take one out of that race. And... Um, the the um the, the time honoured aspect kitchens play. Gee, we found a Waller horse here. To, uh, the runner up. Can anybody help me with the pronunciation? I cannot remember how to say it. Uh, eponymous. Eponymous. Um, just what a parade! What a walker! We took eighteen dollars, and it should have absolutely pissed in, and it was not a good start to Friday night lights. The 24th fastest last 600 on the punning form data, but the third fastest last 400, fastest last 200 there for eponymous. Yeah. Ouch. Not and, ouch. and we also backed uh, Jamie Carr, uh, Al Padrino, who she absolutely slaughtered, and then I think she ran, won nine races in a row after that for the weekend. So oh, We'll get to that. Don't worry. Don't worry. It was, was, uh, was a proper Moody Valley watch that first race, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, proper. It's horrific. Yeah. yeah. Okay, look, that was Friday. Saturday, um, headlined by the Golden Rose and the AFL Grand Final. Um, Curly, do you have anything funny to say about your experience watching the AFL Grand Final? Did you get to see any of it there on course at Toowoomba? No, I, they, they did have one screen on, but um, uh, I can't remember what race I was. I, did, I basically sent a few early units and then bet out of the yard for the remainder of the day. I come in from the yard. And the score was like 31 to sub to six or whatever it was, and I never looked back. Um, obviously, it was game over. Jackson, From, was that your first grand final? Yeah, it was. It was shit, to be honest. Yeah, with. yeah. Mm. I, I don't have anything insightful or um, or funny to say. It wasn't a particularly great experience being out there. With, with, were the Geelong crowd booing Buddy? Jack reckons that the Geelong crowd were booing Buddy Franklin uh, in the last quarter, which I find surprising because I didn't think he touched the ball. No. <laughs> he did only have three touches. Maybe it was just when he was getting in the in the area of the pill, maybe. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, but here he is. No, he's right over the top of it for the 11th time today. And just have to check the free kick count just in case the Swans were hard done by. Oh, they won it. They won it 14 to 9. My mistake. Oh. Um, oh, no, that was in the third quarter. Apparently, this the AFL app's still frozen in time um, forever. <laughs> Sydney is still 60 points down. They're still not coming. Um, okay, Rob, we'll go straight to you because the main event, the biggest thing happening around the country on Saturday was the Golden Rose and... It was a fascinating race, a fast tempo event. They've recorded a pretty decent figure. Um, but while I say that, they also have recorded the second weakest figure over the last five years. So looking back over the last five years, the Autumn Sun still has the biggest figure recorded. Uh, in the Congo was second, Bivouac was third, Jackano fourth, Old Kirk fifth. So that's your order over the last five years. How do some of these three-year-olds stack up versus some of those high <clears throat> 
what. Sorry about that. Um, well, I, I, was, I was on a golden point. I think it's called a Godolphin. I think it's clearly the best type. Um, improved again. Ran a huge race. Jack and O professional. You know, yep. professional horse. Good condition on a good attitude. But, you know, he's, he's not a type yet, but he could keep improving. Um, but I, I think we've said it many times, it's a pretty average crop of three-year-olds. Um, the favourite looked like it had improved off its last start and um, ran very, very well. Um, it's a great day. Um, I watched it up uh, standing up in the members. Um, Tom Tom Magnia was next to me with his kids. He was very excited, you know, with his <laughs> uh, ch- chance. And he had a chance in the race, you know, his chance to put a couple of extra zeros and something. But, um, yeah, look, I thought I was winning about 250 out and, and, and my boy stopped and, I'm not surprised uh, by the winner at all. I think shout out to Captain Jack. He gave it a good push on the previous show, two weeks in a row. On you, Jack. Yeah, yeah, he did uh, say it's a very easy bet to have, I think was the term he used, um, which uh, was of no comfort to anyone or those of us who took a slightly bigger price in secret that, you know, cop that. Um, you, you mentioned, obviously, Golden Mile in fourth. What about the the horses behind it, Rob? Is there anything else in the field that you thought stood out on type or could possibly win something going forward out of this race? Look, it's generally a very good form race year yeah. in, year out, you know, or it pays to follow all the way down. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the thing that got beaten race two is as good as most of them. Uh, that's coat for uh, <laughs> uh, Tommy oh Berry and Anthony Cummings. I was went very. I I got off to the best start I ever had on on a set, and I almost went berserk and back coat and Burbeck, uh, both of them at around that six dollar mark, and I'm, I was glad I didn't, because uh, that was the best, the goodest of good things beat, and might be as good as as I said, half the field in Golden Rose. They're, they're all three year olds, aren't they? Coat's a three year old. Uh, I'll bring it up now. Yes, it, it is. is three three year old yeah. uh, getting there. It's an improving three-year-old. It's not. It's not certainly not an imposing type, but it did improve its parade from when I saw it. I, I backed against it at Canterbury, um, and it was, a, it was a bit revvy. That really revvy that day, and just pissed in. And it, it should have pissed in here. Um, one of the worst watches you'll ever see. For a fleeting moment, Rob, I'd forgotten about the existence of coat and um, <laughs> the overall performance. Look, watching it live, I, I could not believe that he uh, Tommy Berry wasn't trying to lead on the horse. Getting the data back on, on punning form for the class have gone eight point five lengths faster to six hundred, so they were absolutely hooning. Um, uh, which yeah, was an absolute yeah, yeah. For, for the class though. That's a shit class. It's a class horse. Yeah, Barry Barry should have been just fucking going. Oh, yeah, it wasn't. You're right. It was an absolute code of a ride. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it's good. Is it? Fucking good, 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 good atmosphere at Rose Hill. Just not too many people, you know. No. I, was in the, I was in the members, and uh, yeah, listen to this. It's a good, good day. It's just someone's been someone's been drinking out of the Kool Aid fountain in the members. That uh, <laughs> yeah, <have they>? yeah. <laughs> yeah. I found my people. Found my grandfather's old jacket. His Henry Bucks, and um, yeah, it's 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 a it's it's a it's a better class of people. I uh, I feel I feel happy to uh, leave my you know laptop in certain places, uh, charge up a bit while I kind of you know go, go relieve myself in the gentleman's room. Shut up. Jeez, hey, oh, it also helps when you you come out in race one. You've tipped the winner. You've tipped the ninety seven dollar exactor, the units, and then like the day is done. Basically, you can't it, lose. It is. Now. It is. I, I kind of looked at it and went. It, 
the sad thing was I said, said to myself, if I could win 10 units on a golden rose day, I'd be really happy with that. And then after, you know, just one of those sublime moments, um, just, just everything just, just matched up. It was very easy. It was, we could talk about not forcing it. It was just, you know, seven, you know, to win seven or eight on that, that, oh yeah, they're probably still the best chances. Let's put them in an exactor and, you know, fucking just glorious, 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 sublime. Um, and after that, you know, I, I, I saw him all right over the day. I was kicking myself. I didn't back the B-grade Waller in the third race. Absolutely pissed in. We were on that at Canterbury for a big bet. Yep. Um, and that Nimalee, you know, looked look, was a clear standout from the yard. And, um, you know, it was, it was a very aggressive ride to, to get it home. And it's just a good horse. Yeah, was a was a cracking ride that from Regan Bayless. Uh, look, some of the other winners on the card. Um, you had economics winning the farcical uh, Heritage Stakes. Uh, how many horses was it? Five or six horses. Um, going back to later in the card, you also had the Shannon Stakes winner in Surf Dance. So look, both of those figures slowly run races. Wouldn't say there's anything to write home about in terms of the punting form data. So the best performance on the card was Jackano and uh, In Secret, and it was clearly so as well. Um, Curls, you had the Wheatwood meeting up there, feature racing at Toowoomba. Uh, best performance on the card was Rubemos for Chris Waller there, winning this 1,300-metre AG rigging plate at Class 6. Um, outside of my performance betting, Rubemos was the next best performance <laughs> on the day in Toowoomba. Um, look, I keep saying it about this time of year, Peter, Um you ask me every week for the last six weeks, horses to follow good performances. I say, no such thing, no such thing. Um, Ruben Moss fell in, beat Rathlin, who was barely going. Uh, Ruben Moss was given a complete peach by Allman. Probably fair to say it's like finished off as well as it did last start to win. Um, we we're on it out of the yard. Um, and full credit to me for not getting worried about the trainer in this scenario, being a favourite. Because um, I, I normally try and swerve the wall of favourites, but um, he didn't have many chances uh, on face value on Saturday. This looked his best, and he had his number one jockey in Queensland, James Allman, on board and had everything right with the map and that, so we're happy to bet. Um, I thought Axe um, was a pretty good performance as well, winning the Wheatwood um, from the outside gate. And God bless um, Jack Bruce and Sam Collar for getting the tactics right here. We're, on a, we're an on-speed runner drawn wide. It's a perfect gate. Go forward. How hard is it? It's not hard. Uh, held them off. Yeah, look, apart from that, um, not a lot to really write home about. Um, uh, the highlight for me was probably finding the winner of the two-year-old race out of the yard um, while the DJ was blaring music at a million decibels um, right next to the parade rig. So, uh, yeah, it was an interesting day, interesting day. Um, off the track, on the track, just another day. We'll follow nothing and we'll just bet again next week. Nothing focuses your attention like having decibels blaring into an eardrum, supplied by liquor, fueled mm. beyond belief. Clarity stands out. And uh, I think we've all done our best work in such situations um, on a Saturday night, especially in Toowoomba. All right, that uh, takes it to Sunday. And all right, who wants to start with this? Because 
the Underwood has, I think I've heard three different opinions so far today as to which of these horses, if any of them is going to be capable of winning a Cox plate. Um, um, I'll start, I'll start off just quickly. Cause I, I don't, I'm having, I don't have any data to look at and I wasn't there. I haven't seen the parade, but um, Mawanga and Alligator Blood jumped a length in front and that, fuck, that was the race over. Zaki was never going to get to the front at that point from that point on. And um, Alligator Blood led um, and it changed the race, I thought. Yeah. Now, you were critical of Tim Clark's ride last start on Alligator Blood. I was because I backed it. I didn't back it this week bit more of a genuine tempo early. I mean, it's difficult to tell. We haven't got the punting form data through just yet for the day, but it look, did look, look like, like they were going a bit more genuine early. Yeah, it looked like it. I thought obviously Zaki might have like set, helped set that a little bit. And he, Zaki wasn't going to be prepared to sit outside the leader and then walk. And then Tim Clark obviously bashed Zaki over the head with his stick once Zaki looked like he could light, um, level up to him. So that was smart again. And what we did learn – I thought is that what we already knew that I am thunderstruck's a mile up. We've been speaking to that narrative for a long time now, particularly Jackson pushing that one and Mr. Brightside's an A minus. Yep. 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 Um, how much do we forgive Zaki? Because at no stage in the straight did he look like he was in any sort of rhythm at all. Didn't um, handle going down the dip or whatever they call it there. Yeah. Didn't seem to handle the dip. Didn't seem to handle, as you said, getting whipped across the face. Um, Understandable. So, yeah, he's like, well, I don't know. Might need a few yeah, more well, Saturday nights. I wouldn't be running if I was doing that, was more my point. Uh, yes. And and also, Peter, possibly worth noting that he's, um, his preparation looks like he's peaking Cox Plate Day. That was only his second run back versus a couple of others that had had an yeah. extra run. Um, I'll chime in here because it's a good yep. time to bounce off that. Zaki was a run behind out of the yard, out of the rest of them. So we'll definitely improve a little bit more. But that's that's pretty much on Thunderstruck at top. Brightside still got some improvement, but as mentioned, A minus, B plus. Um, he's, he's a genuine $21 chance in a Cox plate, $21, $26 chance. But I'll... Well done, Animo, for winning the Cox Plate out of out of yesterday. That was the big that was the big talking point. I thought too good. Yeah, is, is there? A, yeah, I guess that's probably the question. It's still probably Animo Zaki slightly below. There's no dangers. Hang on a second. Hang on, there has to be. What, what about the? Um, what about Al Bodigan? Is that how you say it? Is it, is it? is it? Is it coming? The international horse. Is there an yeah. international horse coming? I think you're asking the three wrong people here, Kels. Because we see, remember, um, Animo went into the Cox Plate as a great local hope with very elegant, and some dirt chucker from the USA come and knocked it off. Yeah, I remember. I had Animo um, as a futures bet. What was he called? State of Rest or something? State of Rest. State of Rest was coming off some dirt truck cowboy race down at um, <laughs> over in the US, which is not even four. And Animo knocked it over and everything, and it still won. Um, knocked Animo took the yeah. trunk on our own. <laughs> um, and he also all I'm saying is if Jackson's penned everything Jackson's yeah. penned everything just penned everything. Just penned literally everything penned out everything out that could win a Cox play yeah I'm also probably a little bit biased because two weeks ago I did my life laying Thunderstruck and betting up Alligator Blood 
and somehow the, it's done a complete 180 here over 200 metres longer. It's just, it's shout what a game we're in. What a shout out to, to Gabby. She she loves alligator blood. Um, she said she should just be on it. Uh, and she made a point that this horse has come back from injury. Um, yeah, and Gabby was the vet nurse during um, yeah, Alligator Blood's that was back so operation. So she's basically responsible for pulling his spine apart. Well, look, he could keep improving Alligator Blood, and who's to say that it won't be another Mini Valley, you know, get to lead and just about win. I know it's a Cox plate, but it could, it could go it could go okay. And one comment on Zaki, did it lose it twenty in that race last year at Sandown? Maybe it just doesn't like going down the dip at Sandown. Mm. No, that was Caulfield yep. against probably. That was Caulfield. Yeah. Not, it, it, yeah. it won the Underwood last year in a five-horse nothing nothing sort of event. Yeah, that's right. I remember. Um, I don't I don't know how I've ended up on, on Buddy Zaki. I, I think it's 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 a miler on type two. Um, I was interested to hear you say he was pretty relaxed in the yard too, Zaki, because he can get quite revvy. Yeah, yeah, he can get revvy to handlers. Um, but, yeah, he's. Obviously, very good horse, but that as we keep saying, where are these good horses, curls? Where are they coming through? They're in the sprinting ranks, maybe. Oh, well, they're coming from overseas. Yeah. Oh, bogged in. I don't even know. I don't even know who it is. Yeah, and, and and Jack, I've got to. I'll pull you up. The the um the, the dog groomer horse, Barkley Square. Is is that a four dollar favourite for the uh for the Derby? You it know, is. And they're not even planning on heading there yet. Right. Yeah, so just, it makes the mark. Um, my my Ramassa's $21 sports bet. I've just had a bet, cool. if anybody cares. Okay. Oh, I will I will uh, have a, certainly have a look at that. I'm up for some betting today, Pete. You've got some betting today, Pete. Yeah, I've got 10 of the worst races you'll ever see at Belmont to tail off the season there before getting on a plane going out to Kalgoorlie. So um, Kalgoorlie would be good. Belmont, who knows? We're talking benchmark yeah. 44s. Um, but, but you've got no uh, proof. Benchmark 40s. Yeah. Are they a thing? Yeah. Well, you've got no preconceived notions. You've got no preconceived notions. You're not expecting anything, so you're going to win about 30 units. Yeah, four four legs will be a good start out of the yard. That, that's basically what all I'm looking for. Um, all right, let's do some questions. Fired yes. On Twitter. Um, this one oh, is... I, so, uh, apologies to interrupt. Um just think we have to talk about the best horse there at Ladbrokes Park Hillside, which is I wish I win. Well, I was that was going to be the first question. Oh, sorry, sorry. It's going to be a nice <laughs> segue. Sorry. From Danny Zanich. What's the worst beat of the spring so far? And why is it I wish I win not getting a start in the Rupert Clark? Well, it was because I was on at nine dollars. That's what happened. <laughs> All right. Talk to us about the race there, Jackson, on Sunday. It was in the last. It was, it, it, it was in the last. I thought. <laughs> I thought a dollar seventy was tight enough on what was probably they said was a good four was probably a firm two. I thought it was advantage Ayrton in the, just in those conditions versus what was going to be the Rupert Clark on a soft deck. I thought I'd let the dollar seventy go around and it'd probably win. Had map issues, got out was still far far too good for them. I wouldn't be surprised if this win rates higher on the punning form data than the Underwood, and this could be one of the best horses we have. Could it be a contender? It'll it'll walk into any group on handicap. It'll it'll win a Turak, and it'll win a Golden Eagle, or it'll be competitive in a Cox Plate if they decide to go that way. 
Okay. Okay. Well, following on from the sand down questions is from Mitch. Pinstriped question mark, question mark. MD question mark, question mark. mark. What on earth, Michael? Yeah, it was a very strange race to watch. I'll put it that way. Mm. I thought he was closer than I I anticipated. Mm. And I thought, perfect, in some clear air. And then I was kind of, you know how I do, I bent and run. I was just, I was looking at a few other horses. So like, am I going to chop on anything? Because I've had a big bet pre-race on pinstriped. And then I look back and he was... Had rump steak all around him, and I was kind of thinking, how how did that happen? I did exactly the same thing. We've <laughs> <laughs> just gone from being, oh, well, this is you know, we're smoking the pipe here. No, we're not. Yeah. We're completely in no. trouble. And then yeah. and then once we finally got clear, it was still two two hundred and fifty go, but the race was was off and gone by then. Okay, yeah, I, was, I did have a little sneaky bet in that race, and like. Like I had something on Tawny, a military expert, and Gentleman Roy literally was a length and a half in front when the gates opened. Yeah. yeah. Good to see a bit of intent from – obviously there's been a better races, and we saw it with – I think we, we actually saw it throughout the weekend in these better races. A jockey lands in front out of the gates, and they're like, fuck, I'm not handing up here. I've landed in a great spot. That was Wednesday at Packenham. Uh, oh, no, the trainer wanted this to get cover. I'll just grab hold here and let something cross me. Yeah, yeah. Some good examples of that over the weekend: Alligator Blood, Gentleman Roy, Cool and Gatto, like heaps of examples. Yeah, yeah. Best place to be. Um, from Angus, should we have more metro meetings at Toowoomba? And why is the answer yes? Yes, if as long as they didn't allow crowds. <laughs> impossible to bet. Uh, impossible to find a seat. Impossible to set up a computer. Uh, no, no, no members. In Toowoomba? Uh, the members doesn't know, doesn't, you can't see them out here. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you, the members Rose Hill. But look, it's a very, it's a very, <laughs> it's a very nice track. It was a very nice racing surface on Saturday and it raced really well. It races completely different during the day than what it does of an evening. Um, there's more lanes and bias with rail movements and stuff, but rail back in the true on a nice sunny day, it was, it was good racing and they should. Race at least least midweeks. They should race there more often for sure. Good push there for Toowoomba. Uh, Golden Bay. Exactly. Can someone ask Dicko if they've managed to locate the Swans yet? Um, I don't even know if we've been able to locate Dicko yet. Oh, I located him yesterday at Sandown, um, and he was worse for wear. I think is the polite way to put it. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't um, wasn't in a great state. I was wondering. I was wondering. Back to me. I was wondering if his rage betting my set at uh, Rose Hill could have, you know, one of those days where things go wrong, but you win money. <laughs> anyway, back to me. Uh, Will this is from Kevin? Will Jackano run a race if he gets a slot in the mountain race? And if so, how do you think he will go dropping back to twelve hundred? No, no chance. Maybe run fifth. I was about to say fifth. Great lines. <laughs> okay. Um. Any chance, this is from Cozzy, any chance I'm Thunderstruck had a flat run yesterday after chasing down Alligator Blood in the Maccabi Diva. Um, and we did also touch on the fact that Mr. Brightside and a minor source have already used that. Uh, thoughts on I'm Thunderstruck there, Jackson? Yeah, well, you, you kind of alluded to the fact it might regress, didn't you, after in our Maccabi Diva review? And I'd, I'd disagreed off that. Um, yeah, oh, 
you, you would probably call it a flat run. It was either a flat run or he's just an out-and-out 1,600 metre horse. I'm, yep. I'm struggling to work out which there, one it was in my initial review. There's nothing wrong with it being an out-and-out 1,600 metre horse. No, though, no, no, no. Well, it is if they try and run it over 2,000, then there's yeah. something wrong with it. Well, yeah. you know. I guess I guess Lonro eventually won his two thousand meter race, but he was more of a sixteen hundred meter horse. They, the, Volante, another one. The camp, the camp do seem hell bent on a Cox Plate. They do, don't they? Yeah, it seems a bit yeah. a bit silly, you know, when you've got a horse of that quality to push it to possibly breaking point. Not, not yeah. just physically, maybe mentally more than physically. I could be saying esoteric yeah. stuff you get from me. And. <laughs> The final question is from Brett. Uh, if a punter is not able to watch screens all day to maximise their price and place bets, what would be the best time on average to put your money down and does this vary on different days of the week? It's a pretty good question. Um, I guess if you've got access to best of the best, you can kind of use that as a decent way of leveraging a, a better price overall, getting a slightly better market percentage. But I guess on average, Jackson, you'd probably be able to test, uh, testify to this. If you're able to snipe early prices, probably the best time to bet is absolutely as soon as markets open. Otherwise, it's at, at the absolute death. Yes, yeah, 100%. And those, yeah, um, when the obviously when the corporates um, markets are weakest or when they go up straight away, but you yeah. can very rarely get on those top, top prices. Um, and then at the death with Betfair SP, I would – my piece of advice would be try and if you can predict which way you think the market's going to go, that would what that would be what I would try and do. So if you think, oh, the market might find this, I'll back it now. Or if I don't think anybody will find this, I'll just I'll I'll put in order for Betfair SP and and just try and get that matched at a higher price. So it'd be it'd be horse dependent. Um, but yeah, as a rule, either as early as you can get on or as late as you can get on. And there's nothing wrong with hedging either. So, you know, take 50% of one, 50% of the other, or however yep. you like to break it down. And, and just average out that way. Yep. And that way you're not going to get burns very often in taking a horrible price versus versus the closing price or vice versa. Yep. It's one of the one of the toughest things about tipping is, you know, sending I use Bet for SP as my recording price, and to 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 know which way that market's going to go in the last two to three minutes, it's it, you know it, it's something that you, you like at two fifty can become two ten and three yeah. and a half units on that horse at the two fifty. I don't I don't want to be on at two ten for three and a half units, you know. Yeah. But uh, that's the game we play, and you know, we play it well, boys. Yeah, some of the market drifts late have been pretty ferocious over the years, uh, as we all know. But, yeah, um, there's always things can change in the last 90 seconds, that's for sure. All right, the week ahead, um, Jackson, you've got racing at Flemington, the Turnbull meeting this Sunday. You've also got Mooney Valley on Friday night. Is there also Cranny on Wednesday? Yeah. Um, I did say this last week about Bendigo we ended up racing, but yeah. you'd have to think very unlikely. We've got 4 to 15 today. And then 15 to 25 mils tomorrow on a Cranbourne track where if if, if it gets any rain, it's 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 sort of cactus. So mm. I'd be expecting an abandonment or a transfer. Swan Hill's already off today. A Tuka looks in doubt tomorrow. And um, but then we've got no rain after Tuesday. So, so, so the Valley will be fine, fine Friday night and then a big Turnbull meeting 
at Turnbull meeting and then Bendigo on Sunday, which also looks promising. So a busy back end to the week, although early I don't think we're going to be doing too much betting. All right. Sounds appetizing. Rob, you have Rose Hill again on Wednesday Mm -hmm. and then Randwick this Saturday is the Epsom meeting. Ooh, one of my favorite. I probably still prefer to be at the Turnbull, but it it is – traditionally the highlight of the spring, yep. the Epsom meeting. Uh, we've got the two-year-olds, uh, usually two, two two-year-old races. And um, the weather looks 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 decent. You know, it's going to be a bit of rain around, but but nothing nothing um, biblical. We got really lucky with the rain last week. Um, I can't believe we, we raced on a good four on, at Rose Hill. But, yeah, looking forward to getting out there again on Wednesday. Curly's internet's dropped out, but he does have <laughs> Sunshine Coast on Wednesday and then the Eagle Farm to Wombat Gold Coast there the trio on the Saturday. And as I said before, I'll be in Kalgoorlie for the Hens Handicap meeting this Thursday and then Kalgoorlie Cup this Saturday. So it should be a big weekend and too much cash, not enough drinks, something like that. Hopefully. Sounds like a good plan there. Hopefully I've got that the right way around. Uh, That guys, (laughs) thanks very much. Uh, We'll catch up with you next week. Um, it's here. Spring is absolutely here. It's all downhill. We've got six weeks to go, I think, until the end of Cup Week. How exciting. <laughs>